Hello, hello, my name is India Reels and this is Randy Leaf and we are the creators, founders, and co-host of The Drip List, period. trademarks um just a quick disclaimer guys i'm a little bit sick so like if i have to like clear my throat or whatever i'm so sorry like that i'm being like the plague on the mic but just forgive me and bear with me okay anyways today we're gonna be talking about trademarks and we thought it would be fun to talk about them in the context of cardi b so cardi b is trying to trademark That is what she is trying to trademark, and I cannot roll my R's. I'm sorry, okay? So anyway, so Randy's going to be our official R roller for the entire segment. So anytime that I'm going to say, okay, Randy, Randy is going to do it, okay? I'm just going to point at her when I'm about to say it, okay? So I just want you guys to be ready, okay? Anyways. <clears throat> So we're talking about trademarks. So a trademark, well, let's backtrack. So Cardi B is trying to register both okra and okra. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. three R's and two yeah, R's. three R's and two R's. <laughs> and she's using it like for the actual word. So not the sound itself, from my understanding. Yeah. But she's, car like, she's trademarking O-K-U-R-R-R and O-K-U-R-R to be put on like shirts and merchandise and, and products. Paper products. And paper I products. Yeah, like I think cups, like posters, flyers, flyers yeah. something to that. Um, so we're going to talk about that more in depth. We're going to give you some like general background on trademarks just so you can have an idea of like what's trademarkable, what's not. And then we're going to talk more and analyze whether or not we think that Cardi can trademark. Oh, oh. yeah, we're going to see if she can do that. And um, obviously we have like a lot of thoughts about why she can or why she can't. And we're going to get into all of that. But so that you can track this conversation and really understand our analysis, we're going to hit you with a lot of background information on trademarks just so that you can have a good understanding. So I have my notes on my phone. I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading, but I'm going to try and keep eye contact with you guys um, for our YouTube followers. So can we just start with just what trademarks protect? Yeah. So trademarks really protect like brand names. I think that's like the most general way to think of it. Um, and so brand names and, and it could be a name, it could be a symbol um, or any device, which kind of leaves it pretty broad. A trademark could be a color such as Tiffany blue or a sound such as the ding, ding, ding on ABC has been trademarked. Ooh, um, yeah, so a trademark has a lot of range. Or it could be, you know, the Apple logo that you're used to seeing or the Nike swoosh or, you know what I'm saying, things. And also, just keep this in mind, like, when you're thinking about trademark protection, it's not so much who the source of the mark is. It's just that consumers think that these products are coming from the same source. You see what I'm saying? So the difference between trademarks and a lot of other intellectual property regimes is trademarks is really heavily based and founded in consumer consumer confusion and perception. So would a consumer be confused about the product or where the product came from? So it seems what like what you're saying is the, <clears throat> the main point with trademark is the source identification. So yes. Like, 
okay, this product came from this source. It is not so much about the source itself, but associating yeah. the product with a source, right? Exactly. Okay. Associating, even if you're confused about who the source is, mm -hmm. just the fact that you associate this product with that source is enough. And it could be that you're confused and you think that this product is being made by that source, or you could be confused and think that this product that is using this thing that comes from this other source has a license to do so mm -hmm. or some type of sponsorship from the bigger company that's allowing them to do so. And Trademarks really wants to protect two things. It's protecting the consumer because consumers have built up experiences with different brand names and they expect different things from different brand names. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, it's protecting the seller because the seller has built up goodwill yeah. in its brand. Mm -hmm. So like... Or not. <clears throat> or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is funny because, you know, there's nothing stopping brands from changing their names to disassociate themselves yeah. from the the bad reputation that they have built up. But there is a lot of things to stop <laughs> other people from free riding off of the goodwill yeah. of a brand, which I think is kind of interesting as like a, it yeah, works kind of exactly skewed in a mm -hmm. sense in how it works because basically a brand can keep changing its name and offering you the same yeah. product and the Lanham Act has nothing to say about that. And What's the, the Lanham Act? The Lanham Act is like the general rule of law in the world of trademarks. Mm -hmm. So the Lanham Act is what the Copyright Act is to copyrightable material to trademarkable material. And so basically it tells you like what can be trademarked right, um, how you go about trademarking it, and then how someone would violate your rights in that, correct? Yeah. And then like what you can do if someone does. Exactly. You know, it tells that. you. It tells you. And you know, there's some pretty interesting remedies in trademark law, even to the point of like confiscation. Okay. So like, yeah, if somebody's like selling, I'm telling you, real life story, guys. Okay. So I was at the flea market one time back home, and I was trying to buy me a knockoff coach bag. Okay, I'm sorry, but I was young and I was trying to get me one, and they were selling them at the flea market. And I just got to the flea market table, just trying to peruse the knockoff off coaches and this man came and took them all he took them he was from the coach store he with yes. a trash bag yes. and a seizure order smacked it down on the table took all of the knockoff bags and me and some ladies were like kind of following behind him trying to see if we could like sweet talk him into just selling this one real quick before he went back to headquarters and he was like no and then he gave us these 20% off coach coupons no there was like a huge <laughs> crackdown in New York for all of the um what what are they called again the not, yeah, yeah, like all those like different places and that warehouses. they're having, yeah, like there was like a huge raid going on there where they were taking everything. I remember when that happened. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally believe it because that's one of the remedies that a person could want in a trademark infringement case. This it could be to seize things. So then, what does someone need to do, or like what type of marks can be trademarked? So how does Coach get a trademark? So Coach gets a trademark because, well, so given the word Coach, so there's like distinctiveness, okay? And trademarks belong to things that are inherently distinctive. And then there's like a spectrum of distinctiveness. So certain marks that are considered arbitrary or fanciful, they would be like eligible immediately for registration. So what do you want to go into a little yeah, bit more? Yeah, so about, I can like, go into more of that. So like arbitrary is a real word that is being used in a different way. So an example of an arbitrary mark is apple. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because an apple is a real word. 
apple is a real word and it has a real meaning, obviously a fruit, but the way that Apple uses it, even though their logo is an apple, is on electronics. Mm -hmm. So that's making it arbitrary. And so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where the crux or the, the, the point of the trademark is about the product itself. So it's not... Um, that Apple is arbitrary to the name Apple, but it's arbitrary to the product of Which computers is, and, and technology and whatnot. That's what it's arbitrary to. Exactly. So a word could be generic in one category, and generic is another term that is mm-hmm. used to classify marks on the spectrum of distinctiveness. So like if I was to use my brand myself as Apple and then sell apples, that's generic. Because my yeah. product is an apple. Exactly. So because your product is an apple, if you were to do that, you would it would be really hard for you to get registration, which we're going to talk about more also. But so that's just another example of a different type of mark. But fanciful marks are marks that are made up words. So Xerox used to be a fanciful mark. And the reason I use the word used to be is because Xerox is now a generic term. Xerox, because it's a made up word, used to be fanciful. But trademarks go to heaven. (laughs) They do. Sometimes trademarks go to heaven when genericide happens. So genericide is the process of a trademark going from being inherently distinctive in some sense Mm -hmm. to generic, meaning that it's a term that's being used all of the time, even when it's not associated with a specific product. So Xerox was a copying machine company and people went from saying Xerox just to refer to that specific brand of machine to saying Xerox all the time, no matter who makes the machine. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, can you Xerox this for me? Can you Xerox that? Yeah. Anybody can make it. Another one is Escalators. Escalators used to be the name of a brand. It was a brand name that that became generic and now we call every Escalator we see an escalator. escalator. Yeah. yeah. So, and it happens. And um, Kleenex was oh, on yeah. the brink. I remember that. It was on the brink of, of genericide. It was. It was on the brink. And sometimes what will happen is when a product goes on the brink of genericide, the company will spend money to educate consumers about the product category. Like, tissue is the category. <laughs> Kleenex yeah. is the Cadillac of tissues. You know, something to make to try to help consumers differentiate between the two in a weird way. Another, um, which is really interesting because it's a really famous mark, Coca-Cola. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Coca-Cola in the South mm-hmm. is, is borderline out. generic in yeah. the South. But because it's got such a strong brand and it's had such so much strength in the market and it's been in the market for so long, it almost seems like... I want to say, like, the industry is scared to make Coca-Cola generic. Like, Yeah, but I don't it think it's be... just that strong of a brand. That's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not so much, like... I just don't think that they could at this point. You know? Yeah. So, like, people compete against Coke. It, it's just... Yeah. I, don't, I just don't think it would ever happen. It would. Yeah. It definitely would. Okay, so now we know that... So, apparently, uh, trademarks can die. But, wait, what's the length of a trademark? Like, once you register it and everything like that, and once we go through all the different things that qualify as a trademark, 
which we'll get back to, what is it that, like, how long do you have it for? Forever. As long as you keep registering, as long as you maintain your registration, after a certain period of time, you have to keep maintaining your registration. But outside of that, it's forever. Do you have to do anything else besides register it? Like, I mean, what if I stop using the product? Like, if I go out of business and stop using it, do I still keep my trademark in that? So... You'll still have your registration, but your registration can go inactive. Mm -hmm. So you'll still have the registration. The registration can go inactive, but you'll still have it. Trademark law kind of frowns upon people being able to kind of just come and just pick up where somebody left off without talking to the initial brand owner. So a lot of times what ends up happening when one person stops using the mark, another person will buy the mark and start using it. That's more common than it just kind of like dying out and then a new person getting a registration. Both are possible, mm-hmm. but the la- the former is more common, which is yeah. you stop using it, somebody buys it, and then they start using it. Also, under the Lanham Act, if you go a period of three years without using the mark, then there is a presumption that you've abandoned the mark. And unless you can show that you've used it in some way or you had an intent to use it, then you basically have lost that mark after a three-year period of not using it. So they give you, like, India was saying, like, that, that period of time to kind of, you know, figure what you want to do out, make a deal with somebody to sell the mark. Um, but if you go three years and there's absolutely no trace that you've used the mark at all to identify a product, to identify the source of a product, um, or have an intent to do that, so say, like, you know, you drop off the map a little bit you used to be out here making a bunch of music you had trademarks and everything and then you know you just want to take a hiatus for a little bit um but you've you know you've had you've been working with your manager you've been working with your agent you've had you know you've been in the studio and whatnot you just haven't released anything under a trademark um which you can trademark band names for instance you know so yeah. say like your band you know you guys kind of dissolve uh, take Jeff, Destiny's Child um and then Destiny's Child decides to pop back up and you know yeah. do their reunion tour or whatever still a valid mark and which in the name like destiny's child like a thing to think about with band names because the primary concern of the trademark regime is consumer confusion like it would be almost impossible for another group to come along and buy destiny child's band yeah like just for the simple fact that confusion is all that could come from that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like so with certain things too just think about that like if you did if you were trying to grow something so you could sell it you might not want to grow something that could only be affiliated with you because Mm -hmm. then the sale of it would cause confusion Mm -hmm. and that's the exact thing that they're trying not to yeah. have is confusion. But one thing they might be able to do would be if, say, um, Michelle and Kelly decided to keep performing as Destiny's Child, if their agreement, and I'm sure they have one, you know, with all three of the members what had um, that they were able to do so, then that probably would be an instance where they could continue using the mark and there wouldn't be a concern about um, consumer confusion because it technically is kind of the same group, but not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know. But even then, sometimes the court might make them say, like, members of or mm-hmm. formerly known or something, mm-hmm. like, make some type of distinction to make it clear that Beyonce not going to be there. Okay, so we've kind of covered, like, all the different things <clears throat> you can do with the mark. So then how, like, let's just go back again to what is it that makes the mark um, trademarkable. So we kind of talked about the distinctiveness. You talked about um, the arbitrary and fanciful. So then what else is on that spectrum of distinctiveness that you're talking about? So there's arbitrary, there's fanciful, there's suggestive, okay. which suggestive.
descriptive marks are marks that require an imaginative leap for you mm. to come to the conclusion of what they do. So a good example of a fake suggestive mark would be sprinter for computers. Oh. Cause you okay. think sprinters are fast. This computer must be fast. Okay. Imaginative leap between sprinter and the computer industry. Okay. okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So those are they're suggestive and then they're descriptive. And they're generic. Okay. Okay. So descriptive marks um, ha have a, a thing with them for the simple fact that all the other marks that I named, the other classes of marks, which was the arbitrary, fanciful, and suggestive, those all could qualify for immediate registration onto the National Trademark Registry because they are considered inherently distinctive. Okay. Okay? And distinctiveness is key in a trademark regime. When you get to descriptive marks, such as fish fry, or, you know, something that we're automatically, where almost seems like the name of the product is describing the product or telling you what the product does. Mm -hmm. Those type of marks require secondary meaning. So those type of products can't immediately be put on the trademark registry. So would something like selfie stick, would that be a descriptive mark? I think that selfie stick could be a descriptive mark if we're thinking about the term selfie in a in an almost generic yeah. sense to where it's only a I think friend. It's gotten a point where it's yeah, I think it generic. is pretty generic. So yeah. selfie stick could be an example of a descriptive mark. I think that you would have to have secondary meaning in the market. And I think that it would be hard to have secondary meaning in the market for selfie stick because everybody wants to make it and there's really only one way to describe that product. Because mm -hmm. how else could you? A photo stick? I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. you that is. Yeah. I just came up with the option. So, I mean, but I can yes. easily see somebody having a strong argument for why this is what all the kids are calling them. This, so this is what point, the market yeah. wants them to be called. You know so what I mean? So this point, it might have even dropped into generic. Right? Yeah, it, could, it really could be generic. Like, yeah. Anyone uses that as just a general term for a photo stick. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think, and there's, and just to be clear, there's a fine line between generic and descriptive. Mm -hmm. It's a fine line. And if you can stay away from descriptive terms, you really should. I know that there's a lot of appeal in using descriptive terms because they kind of take, they allow for a cheaper marketing budget and cheaper advertising because you don't have to push yeah. the product as hard because the product name is kind of pushing itself and you don't have to spend so much money on advertising, but you still run that risk of your mark not being deemed valid or not having a lot of protection. Mm -hmm. So because the descriptive marks have thin protection, like mm -hmm. even once the, a descriptive mark is deemed a mark, the protection can be very thin, meaning that trademark law won't stop all infringements of it because the, it'll feel that to stop all infringements would be to stifle the market itself. So if it finds that, oh, if we allow you to trademark this, it's gonna stop other people. It's gonna stop you from having competitors. It's essentially gonna give you a monopoly. Then we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna grant, grant the trademark for that. So we've been talking a lot about like the, the spectrum and distinctiveness and stuff like that. I think we should move on now a little bit to kind of get into our point of why Cardi B wants to trademark. Exactly. So, um, there are a lot of benefits that come along with registration. So you don't have to register your mark to, to have um, rights within it. 
but there are a lot of benefits that come along with federal registration. The biggest one being federal protection, which means protection across the entire country for your mark. So if you don't register um, federally, then you have either the option of not registering at all, which you would have common law rights, um, which are only limited to the geographic region in which you're using your mark. So if you have a band using, if you're using a band name or you're using your artist name in, um, say, Atlanta, um, but you haven't registered it federally, then you're only going to be protected from any other artist who comes into Atlanta and tries to use the same name to sell um, shows and to sell a product, right? Um, but then if you do it through the, if you federally register it, then you get protected across the entire country. Right? And you have priority nationwide mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So you, so that also gives you, it's like, I was here first. Um, so another benefit of registration is construct is constructive notice. So no one could ever come along after you've been registered and say, I didn't know that this yeah. brand existed. Because even if they didn't have enough intelligence to go look on the trademark website or wherever else that they might have needed to look, the fact that it's been published in the Federal Register is notice for everybody Mm -hmm. in itself, the fact that it was published. So that's something to um, keep in mind. Um, Registration gives you evidence of ownership of the mark. Um, Registration also can be a basis for controlling the mark in foreign countries. So a lot of times the United States has treaties with other countries where we we recognize their marks, they recognize our marks. So if your mark is recognized here in the U.S., then your mark might be um, recognized abroad. Also, if you're registered um, domestically here in the United States, then you only have to fill out one international application to be registered Mm -hmm. worldwide for the rest of it. Um, and then registration can be filed with the U.S. Customs Office, and that could stop counterfeited materials from entering the country. So a lot of times, counterfeit materials are coming from outside of the United States, from other countries where they're being mass-produced, and this will put customs on notice to be looking for your mark mm-hmm. and to reject things that didn't come from your factory or with your um, okay, so to speak. So... As you can see, there's a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. to registration, which is probably why Cardi B wants to register Okur. And I think this is a good place for you to come in and talk about exactly what she's trying to do. So basically what's going on with Cardi B and her trademark is that she's trying to trademark um, Okur, but with three R's and with two R's. And she's trying to register word marks, which basically means that it's, from my understanding, just the word itself. So she's not trying to associate with any characters or whatnot. It's just the actual words. There aren't any symbols um, besides the words itself. And then she's planning on putting the word marks on clothes, on uh, paperware, so like cups and posters and stuff like that. Um, from my understanding, it's a bit, like she's trying to register it in a pretty broad category of products, which is um, usually what you w- would try to do when you're not really, sh- I mean, it's usually she's trying to keep her options open as to what she can use the, the trademark on. Because another thing about trademarks is that you register your trademark for a particular area of goods. So say, for instance, you have... Um, 
your band name is Nike, right? So if you have a band name named Nike and you're not using it on apparel, you're not using it for anything like that, which means you wouldn't be able to make like your band tees and stuff like that. So not a great idea. Um, but you're only using it as your name or as your, you know, as your artist name or your stage name or whatever. You could technically, as long as Nike hasn't already registered a trademark um, in that in that area of goods, you could technically use that as your as your stage name. Um, once again, just keep in mind that if you do, you'd be limited on what you could actually use your stage name on, right? So if you had um, apparel and all that stuff like that, you would be pretty limited in terms of being able to do that because Nike already has that market locked down in terms of the registration. So here, she's just basically putting it pretty pretty broad. Yeah, so she's putting it pretty broad. One thing I want to say about that Nike comment is you can make your band name Nike That don't and because it's a band and not like clothing products or whatever, but that don't mean that Nike can't sue you because Nike can still sue you for dilution. And dilution is where it's two brands with the same name and it's not that people are confused. It's just that allowing you to have this name is weakening the strength of their mark by there now being two names in the marketplace with the same so Nike the clothing, Nike the band, Nike the clothing will sue you and say you're diluting the strength of their mark. Mm-hmm. But so she's trying to do that with okay. <laughs> so shameful that I can't say okay. You just out of there. Okay, I give up. Okay, I give up. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not. I'm not doing it right. But she's trying to do that. And I really question if Cardi can. So the thing here is she's filed an application. She's filed an intent to use application. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't have registration right now. She's like trying to, she has to start using things in commerce before she can have this registration because that's a requirement of trademark protection. But I think the main thing here is I just question if she could really just, if she could trademark. I would have more belief that she would be able to trademark the sound. Mm -hmm, Me too. Then she would be able to trademark the word. And the reason I have such a hard time wrapping my mind around her trademarking the word is because occur is just a very variation of okay, which is a pretty arbitrary word and different spellings are viewed by the USPTO the same way. So just because it's spelled OKUR R or OKU1R, how many ever R's or whatever, it's still just a variation of the word okay, which I still think in a sense could be viewed as generic in a way. Like it's just another way of saying okay. Like if she puts it on things, maybe if those, I don't know if the logo is really unique or whatever, yeah. then I could see if this logo comes out and it's super distinctive and it just, you know, automatically starts to be affiliated in my mind with her or her products, then I could see that. But right now, just the word, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not really sure as well. I feel like, as you said before, like I could, when I originally had read about it, I thought she was going to be trademarking the sound. Like, I, cause I, I could easily see that being trademarked, you know, like I, I hear it and I immediately think Cardi B. Um, but in terms of the word, I think it's, it, it, time will tell really. I mean, like she's going to have to, like, if I see the, on shirts and whatnot, I just don't know if I would see that and automatically think like, oh, Cardi B put this out versus like other people put it out. I mean, now obviously I would because, you know, I'm reading about it and that, like, you know, I know that she's doing it, but in general, I don't think I would have associated like a shirt with that on it with Cardi B so much as I would have just like 
with the word, you know? I agree with you. And I was reading an article the other day that um, really I should have resolved this maybe before I got on air and looked further into it. But that was saying something along the lines of um, Cardi B made it famous, but did she create it? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if like creation is a requirement for the trademark. It's not. I don't think that it is, you know, so creation is not really a requirement for trademark. Because Apple. But but other people have used. And that's what I was looking at too. So like yeah. it was a whole season of the Kardashians where Khloe mm-hmm. Kardashian was using it and then all of her sisters was using it. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this famous salsa singer who, who does it and says it a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of her music or whatever. And it's just like she kind of is like our most salient person right now using it. But at the same time, I think it's almost like, um, that's another thing. So like, obviously, ochre isn't Spanish, but it's almost kind of like got like a, a Spanish flair to okay. And basic words, when you say them in other languages, they'll still be generic. So like, la computadora is like Spanish for computer. That's still generic. Okay. In in the in the eyes of trademark law, so like this this variation of okay, because that's what I'm basically classifying it as as a variation of the word okay. I don't think that protection is feasible for that, because it's just a variation of a basic word, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't identify a source. At least right now, yeah, exactly. It doesn't identify. Like, a source. It'll take a. I think she'll have to put, be, use a lot of. Um, and like she really have to invest a lot of money and time into making that connection for consumers. You know, like really putting that out there. And I mean, I think she could do it. Uh, yeah, and she has the buzz you know? and the Pepsi commercial, the Super Bowl thing. Yeah, that definitely helped. And she said that people are asking her mm-hmm. to say it all the time, and I believe that people are. Yeah, asking which is probably her why she is like, saying yeah, it. got prompted to do this. Yeah, but I just think that it might be a little bit of an uphill battle to actually secure a registration. Mm-hmm. What I am a little bit confused by is, I'm confused by all the haters on the scene. Like, who, I don't, I'm confused by so many people care about her being able to trademark it. Like, cause it seems like she's been getting a lot of backlash. Like people are upset with her for making quality business decisions. And I just want to say like, I highly doubt that this was Cardi's idea not to discredit her, but I'm sure like Mm -hmm. somebody in her team, her legal team somewhere was like, Oh, this is part of your brand now. We should trademark this. We should secure protection for this. I think one thing that might've been a cause of concern for people who weren't familiar with like what she was actually doing was for instance, like if she did try and trademark the sound mark, right? Because like, I feel like a lot of people would be upset if she's suddenly saying like she owns that sound. Down. So nobody you know I mean? can because then no one can do it. Yeah, because like if I, you know, this entire video would just be getting hit with trademark infringement type of stuff, you know. So I mean, like I can understand why people would be upset with that because, as you said, like she's not the only one who's used it. It's not you know unique to her. Would this video be trademark infringement though? Because not really, because we're really yeah. commenting on this one. Yeah, we're not saying like that commentary. Yeah, yeah okay. technically. But I'm just saying, like, if I, if I was to be using it, just in terms of like. I don't really know. You would have to be using yeah. it in the marketplace. You would yeah. have to be using it in 
in commerce. Yeah, if I if I was to put it on an advertisement, basically, you know, yeah. if I was, like in a commercial and did it or Check something out like the that. Checklist. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That could be that yeah. could be a use in commerce. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. So stuff like that. I think that that's a lot where people were kind of like, really, she's trying to trademark that. But like, I use it all the time with my homegirls. Like, you yeah. know, or like, yeah, well, we so, use it. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. No, definitely. So and I, I see that. And I think too, for some people who have already been using it, mm-hmm. I could see why it could be an issue for some people like does this mean like that the Kardashians can't say it anymore but I guess they can because she's just trademarking the word and not the yeah. sound mm-hmm. so and also I think it would be hard like, to yeah. trademark the role of the R yeah. because it is so common mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's basically the only way to pronounce the letter R in the Spanish language so mm-hmm. if you were to take that from the well public, I think it's also just like the pitch that she uses it at and like the the language I think it's like a whole lot um, they could like kind of get into it, you know. Um, but the I think that the pitch is super common. I think that when people speak Spanish and they roll their R's, they roll them. Like, yeah, no, I think it's like the versus like. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't do either. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's kitten or bird. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's what I get from just that. Yeah. Just I was like, I don't know if it's kitten. Yeah. I can't do it. So because I can't do it, guys, I really, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. I want to a lot of people yeah. just having a hard time trying to figure out how this is gonna work. You know? I mean, yeah, I think that's really the, the gist of it at the end of the day. Like, it's hard to imagine how something that's so commonplace at this point is gonna get trademarked. Yeah, definitely. You know? I just would love to see, like, like I said, I'm, I'm desperate to see what this, uh, with this logo. With yeah, me too. Like, I would love to see what it looks like. Yeah, because I feel like that's what's going to really tie the whole idea together for us. We're going to have to revisit this mm-hmm. when she comes back. We'll do like a little damage report update for you guys so that we can talk about like, okay, she's finally launching things. And that's another thing. She waits too long. She doesn't launch these things. She's going to lose her, her intent to register mm-hmm. because she doesn't have a registration. She's going to have to... I think it's only like two times you can extend it. It's a very set amount of time for like how long you can hold something. So when it comes down to like her just filing the intent to use application, she doesn't have trademark registration yet. She hasn't used it in commerce yet. So then once she starts using it in commerce, she'll be good. But if she waits too long, I think she can like renew it for like two periods. And then after that, she'll lose her intent to use and it'll just be open to the public again. And another thing too is like the USPTO, they they deny things regularly. Mm-hmm. They do. And they'll issue a whole opinion for why they denied it. Like if they do decide to deny it, they'll let us know why. Like this would have been too restrictive in this way, or this would have cut off users in this way, or this just can't be trademarked because it's a word and it's just a variation of a word. So like two like generic terms put together don't make a fanciful term. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Filipino yellow pages. That's, that's like, and I got, so when it's I just throw things, descriptive anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they could attempt to make it descriptive, but actually the court held that it was generic. Really? All together. Yeah. Interesting. So that's from a real case, the Filipino Yellow Pages case, which is why I used it as an example. Yeah. yeah so all together, like, which is weird because there's like an anti-dissection rule or whatever. You're mm, not really supposed, supposed to be to, dissecting yeah. marks. You're supposed to look at them as a whole. But they said, even when you look at two generic terms put together, as a whole it just makes 
one big generic one. It's not, it doesn't turn it into descriptive or something like that. Hmm. And Good enough. Yeah, so that's just something to consider. Obviously, we could like go on and on forever about yeah. this. But I think the moral of the story here is we need to see yeah. Cardi B is going to release yep. and then we'll be able to know but I think in the meantime right now we both agree that we don't think she can yeah or if, even if she can't I mean it's going to it's going to be a definitely an uphill battle for just getting that word mark yeah and I think that protection even sometimes they grant protection but protection is thin yeah. meaning that they've granted you protection but you when you try to sue people for infringing they're like oh your protection doesn't cover it yeah exactly your protection isn't broad enough or, mm-hmm. it's, this is a very thin trademark so you only yeah. get XYZ and protections and we don't think that we should stop them basically mm-hmm. one last thing that I want to drop in there that I feel like we forgot about which was like super key um, you always will recognize a registered marker the only time yeah. You can use a registered mark is if you have the R with the circle around it. Okay, mm-hmm. so those that's an identifier of a registered trademark yeah. is the R with the circle, and the only things that should have the R with the circle on them are things that have been federally registered with the federal office. And then when you see the marks with the T and the M on it, that just means that it has a common law registration. It's not registered. It's just a common law um, trademark, which means the person just put TM next to it thinking that gave them rights which by the way does not um, give you federal rights it only gives you common law rights exactly um, so definitely drop us a line below if you want us to cover a little bit more in detail about trademarking band names and stage names or whatnot. Um, we can definitely get into that and just some of the things that go into um, that process as well as, you know, for instance, uh, if you have a band and you're trying to trademark that, the type of discussions you should be having with your band members about use of the name. Definitely. And then also too, not just band names and stuff, but like if you got like a fashion brand that you mm-hmm. up and coming or a lot of times I know it's like a a lot of beauticians and barbers and eyelash and eyebrow people and you guys all are coming out with your own brands and you guys have your own logos that you're using for like your cut services your style services you guys too could also ask us questions and see about protecting your brand because your brand doesn't just have to be something that you sell externally your brand could be a service that you provide mm-hmm. there are service marks and certification marks and other types of marks that you could also be qualified for just let us know in the comment section below if that's something you'd be interested in hearing. Um, we'll be sure to follow up with that. So, until next time, don't miss a drip.